Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Jamel Sanders Show, a division of Jamel Sanders International, where we are empowering leaders to make a difference in the world. Sanders International, LLC. 
a global management consulting advisory firm that works with leaders around the world and empowers them um, to lead effectively and to lead change in the world. And so I have the privilege of working with leaders in business and government and providing them with um, advisory services, consulting services, uh, so that ultimately we can be empowered leaders that stand at the forefront of change in the world. And so you can find out more about me, product services, all of that right on my website. And before we go into this quick command, my newest book um, to you, I've written a lot of books, but my newest book, book number 11, is Pressure, Unlocking the Power of Prophetic Intercession. Uh, This book is really interesting because Uh, Most of my books, I've written about everything under the sun, identity, I've written about authenticity, I've written about uh, personal power, the liberation of your soul, leadership, mind revolution. I mean, I've covered everything, but so many people beyond my work and what I do um, are interested in my spiritual life and journey and my prayer life in particular. People have been saying for years, when are you going to write something about prayer And as I talked it over with my team, I just said, I don't know uh, if there's really going to be a demand for this book. I mean, everything I've written has been kind of geared towards leadership in certain areas, and this is kind of off the beaten path, so to speak. But everybody kept saying, no, you need to write this book. And so um, I wrote it, and let me tell you, the stories that we have heard already have been amazing. It's only been out a few months, but... Um, I know I'm on the right track because people's lives are being transformed. And as a writer, that's one of your greatest hopes and desires when you put out a project. And so I'm so honored that the book is resonating. But this book is about um, my life. It's about my journey, some of the darkest moments of my life, how my faith has preserved and anchored me, the power of prayer and the role that it has played in my life. Anybody that knows me knows I'm a person of prayer. I don't do anything without prayer. Prayer molds and shapes everything about my life. I talk about what prophetic intercession is. How do you bring a prophetic reality out of eternity into the realm of time and into prophetic fulfillment in your life? How do you contend against crises and challenges to give birth to your prophetic destiny? And so much more is covered in the book. I won't go into all of it, but uh, the book is Pressure, Unlocking the Power of Prophetic Intercession. It's available from Amazon, Kindle, Nook. Most major book distributors have access to the resource. So I want to take a quick break. I don't want to waste any time. I want to jump into this brand-new topic. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Jamel Sanders Show, empowering leaders to make a difference in the world. All right, welcome back. So, 
um, last episode, we wrapped up my series on starting a year off right. I didn't really finish the series, but I felt like I needed to put a marker there because it would go on and on, and there's so much that I want to cover this year and in the next few months, so we have to move on. But I want to embark upon a new series today. I don't know how many weeks it will be, but I know from my outline that it's going to take a little time to excavate this um, to the level that I would like. So just bear with me and we see where we land when it's all over. But we're talking about growth, the journey to a better you. I felt like when you come off of a series like starting you off, right, where so many people have told me how they've gotten so much from it, and I'm so glad to hear that, uh, I feel like you got to be very strategic about where you're going next. And so I felt like this was the perfect uh, place to begin to jump off from that. So let's delve into this. Um, as a thought leader, I'm often asked about what it takes to create a better life. You know, whether I'm working with an entrepreneur, whether I'm working with someone in government or someone um, that is trying to take their life to the next level in some capacity, everybody is looking for tools and strategies for a better life. I think that's one of the reasons that I enjoy doing this podcast so much. And I just enjoy connecting and speaking with you because I know from the work that I do behind the scenes that people are looking for tools and actionable strategies that they can put in place to transform their lives. I think one of the things that has separated me for so many years is that so many people are just offering people inspiration and motivation, but what people like about me is that they know they're going to get some strategies, some tools, some tactics, some principles that they can really put into place and to produce results in their lives. And so honestly, you will never create a better life as long as you are suffering from possibility blindness. I don't have time to delve into the whole definition of possibility blindness, but if you've read uh, any of my latest books, going all the way back, I believe, to Honor, Uh, A few years ago, I talked in-depthly about how so many people in the world are suffering from possibility blindness. And one of the things that when I started in this space years ago, um, I, I made a decision that I was going to be all about empowerment and that I was going to give people real tools, practical strategies that they could implement in their lives and see results. Because the difference between an inspirational message and the message of empowerment, inspiration makes you feel good, but it doesn't produce real change in your life. Empowerment works because empowerment causes you to take responsibility for your life. The beauty of this message is that it's not just something that works here in the United States, but I have a community around the globe in Africa and even in Middle Eastern countries and places are taking these principles and applying it and seeing results in their lives. And so I love empowerment because it places you back in the driver's seat, causing you to take responsibility for your life and giving you the tools you need to move your life forward. And so I believe that the inability to see beyond the circumstances 
um, and what ultimately is what ultimately precludes you from breaking cycles in your life. Let me say it again: the inability to see beyond your circumstances is what ultimately precludes you from breaking cycles in your life. And so, so many people suffer from this possibility blindness. All they can see is what is in front of them. And I always tell people. You got to see beyond what's in front of you. Um, so many people in the world today don't understand why the world is in the shape that it's in, and there's a lot of factors for that. But one of the main reasons that our culture and society is the way that it is is because we have a generation of people with no vision for their lives. And so when you don't have a vision, you become the victim of somebody else's vision. You become the victim of somebody else's reality for you, and they become the prophetic scripter of your narrative. And so I believe it's so important that you have a vision, and not just have a vision, but don't allow where you are today to stop you from where the, um, having the ability to embrace where you're intended to be tomorrow. And I think that and so many people just think that success is overnight, that you just snap your fingers and you're successful, and they don't realize that this is a journey. It's a journey of growth, development, evolution, a journey of you becoming the person that you were created and destined to become, and you being willing to cooperate with that process in order for that to unfold and happen in your life. And so from personal experience and years of working with leaders around the world, I can tell you that embracing a better life is often difficult because it demands development. Oh, I could say so much about development. You know, so many people ask me all the time, Jamel, what has been the key to your success and your sustainability? There's a lot of things I could say. There's a lot of cute phrases I could say. But honestly, the thing that has contributed the most to my success has been my willingness and my cooperation in the process of growth and development. I see a lot of talented people in the world with great potential, but as I often say, potential means absolutely nothing unless it is cultivated and developed. And so a lot of people die with potential, but they never produce anything of significance through their lives. And so what I'm trying to get the world to wake up to is the fact that uh, your destination is being defined by your development. Write that down. Your destination is being defined by your development, and to the degree that you are willing to develop will determine the destination you reach. People say you you sound so polished and you sound so versed and you sound so um, seasoned in your words and your commentary and the things that you're saying. And I say that all of that is a product of development. It's not just about reading books. It's not just about going to seminars. It's not just about investing in programs. I have made growth and development a pillar in my life. Uh, a lot of us want to develop in seasons, but you have to develop for a lifetime. Write that down. A lot of us want to develop for seasons, but you have to develop for a lifetime. I can't pick up development today and then I don't pick it up to six months later because as a leader, as an influencer, as a trailblazer, as somebody that is consulting and advising a lot of leaders around the globe in different capacities, I cannot lead people beyond my own level of growth and development and mastery. Let me say that again. 
as a leader, as a CEO of a company, as somebody that has influence in the lives of people, I cannot lead people forward into a tomorrow that I have not developed and grown to first embrace myself. I always tell people, you have to travel that terrain before you can take anybody else there. And what we have is a generation of people that are claiming to be experts, claiming to be masters, claiming to have all this wisdom, but they don't even know where they're going. And so how can you lead people into a tomorrow that is not yet born to time where you don't even know what you're doing. And so one of the things that keeps me sharp, fresh, always growing and developing is I realize that I have to stay ahead. And I tell people, some people say you want to stay ahead of the curve. I don't just want to stay ahead of the curve. I want to be on the cutting edge in everything that I do. And if I'm going to be on the cutting edge, i got to keep cultivating my capacity and growing, and I want you to understand that growth is not going to be convenient for you. If you expect everything to be easy, to be a cakewalk, to be just, you know, simplistic and no challenges, that's not realistic. But at the same time, you still have to remain committed to growth and development if you want to be successful. In a culture that emphasizes inspiration and motivation, I have always um, operated countercultural and emphasized intentional living and personal mastery. I want you to get this whole inspiration, motivation thing out of your head. I mean, it's good. I want you to be inspired. I want you to be motivated. But more than being inspired and motivated, I want your life to change. One of the most disheartening things for me to hear from a person is that I simply inspire them because inspiration doesn't necessarily lead to action or transformation. One of the most rewarding things I hear from people is that I have not only impacted their life but motivated them to transform their life. This lets me know that I've really gained influence with a person. You don't have influence because you inspire somebody. You have influence when you lead a person to action and transformation in their lives. And so I don't just want you to be inspired. I want to see change happening in your life. And one of the things that I'm so grateful for is that over all of these years, I continue to hear stories continually of people's lives that are being transformed because they're not just hearing me give them some information or just reading a book. They are actually putting these principles into practice in their lives and it's producing. Ultimately, you don't need inspiration to change your life. You need to be fully invested in order to change your life. Let me say that again. You don't need inspiration to change your life. If I see one more inspirational quote, and, you know, this was one of the the things that is interesting to me about social media. I mean, people will go like 500 quotes, and they won't do anything. I mean, that's great. You read some words from Walt Disney. Wonderful. But guess what? Walt Disney has fulfilled his purpose. He has fulfilled his vision, and he's gone on, and his vision is still living. And so I want you to go create something. Hang out on people's timelines and like stuff. I want you to get busy doing what you were put on this earth to do. And I want you to realize that you have to be fully invested in order to change your life. 
as we embark upon uh, this brand new series, I will warn you that I'm going to challenge your assumptions and demand your growth and development. I believe that it is impossible to create a better life as long as you remain a broken you. Write that down. It is impossible to create a better life as long as you remain a broken you. Now, I'm going to approach this as sensitive as I possibly can. Um, As a leader and as someone that influences people and consults and advises leaders in different capacities, uh, one thing that you you know right off the bat, even not being behind the scenes, you know that we have a lot of gifted leaders. Uh, the problem is that we have a lot of gifted leaders, but they're not growing leaders. And a lot of leaders are not growing because they are trying to lead from a place of brokenness and not wholeness. And so one of the things that I challenge leaders to do when I get to spend time with them is to do the inner work and to heal those defects, inadequacies, and wounds Uh, that you have been nursing and rehearsing for so long. You have to do it because when broken leaders don't get whole, they bleed on the people that they're leading. Write that down. When a broken leader does not get whole, they begin to bleed on the people that they're leading. And as I have looked into organizations and even people in very high positions, we have a lot of people that are bleeding on the people that they should be leading because they are not whole and they're trying to demand of others what they have not first demanded of themselves. And one of the first things I tell people is you got to heal your own life before you try to heal somebody else's. We have a lot of people in the world that are calling themselves experts and calling themselves authorities and masters in a space when they haven't even mastered their own life. I tell people the first thing that you need to master is yourself. And we have a lot of people that have not mastered themselves, but they want to tell us what to do with our lives. And so I'm one of those people to put up or shut up. I want to see the results. I want to see the outcome. If you are everything that you say you are, what are you producing? And if you're not producing anything, maybe we should tone down the messaging and the verbiage and let's build something that is authentic and built to last so that people um, can really benefit from our lives to the level that they want to. I don't want to get too deep into that. But why is this happening? It is impossible to build on a faulty foundation and flourish. Write that down. It is impossible to build on a faulty foundation and flourish. And we have a lot of people in leadership trying to build on faulty foundations and expecting things to flourish for them. I always tell people that success is built from the ground up and success is built from you growing up. Write that down. Success is built from the ground up and success is built from you growing up. And we have a lot of I hate to say it, but a lot of immaturity in leadership. you got to grow up. Some people are too selfish to lead. If you're going to serve people, you can't be selfish. It can't be all about you. It can't be all about what you want. You have to be able to put your needs, your wants and desires to the back burner and realize that there's a greater mission or a greater good. Uh, some things don't need to be repaired. Some things need to be rooted from your life. I can't say this enough. So a lot of times when we're trying to salvage things that we need to destroy, 
um, there's some things I know as I look back in retrospect now that I was trying to salvage, and it's like, you know, why were you trying to salvage that? It's gone. You can't repair it. You can't fix that. You can't make something that is broken operational when it doesn't want to be fixed or doesn't have the ability to be fixed. And I think a lot of times we waste a lot of energy on things in our lives that are irreparably broken. You can't fix that. And so instead of trying to repair it, root it from your life, get it out of your thought pattern and process, and begin to work on building something new through your life. The first pillar to growth is the pillar of buy-in. I feel like this is so good. I don't know how far we're going to get because I'm already over in the introduction, but this is good. This is going to help somebody. Um, Everyone craves growth, but very few people are willing to commit to growth. As I stated in the early moments of this show, everybody knows I'm a person of excellence. I demand it from myself. I demand it from others. You are not going to be part of my inner circle or my constellation of relationships and not be an excellent person. I don't do average. Um, I have no disrespect for average. I will never be condescending to what is average, but that does not work for me. And so because I live by very high personal standards and I demand excellence for myself, I demand it from others. And the only reason that I'm doing the things that I'm doing today and having the impact that I'm having today is because I made a decision a long time ago that I was going to commit to growth. And I saw a lot of people go before me. They took off really fast. It seemed like they were succeeding at high levels, only to look back and to see those same individuals fall and have horrible scandals and events attached to their names because they went really fast, but they were not developed for it. And I believe if you want to go fast as a leader, you better be fortified as a leader because we have a lot of people that are trying to go on speed, but they don't have the strength to sustain influence and power. And so it's one thing to have a fast takeoff, but do you have the ability to finish and complete what you started? And I think this is one of the challenges that we see in leadership today. Uh, People look at my life today and they assume that my success has been overnight. Very few people, however, are interested in the process of me becoming who I am today. The reality of the situation is that we don't like process because process requires us to operate in the realm of time and not the realm of wishes and hopes. See, I don't want to get – feel like I could break every one of these points down and turn it into a series. We don't like process. I mean, look at the world. Everything is changing. If we have to wait in line more than five minutes, we want to leave. If the Uber doesn't arrive, if the snap of a finger, we we want to call corporate and file a complaint. If the plane is two to five minutes, 20 minutes delayed, our whole life is discombobulated. We are so used to speed and everything being fast at the moment something comes along that inconveniences us or requires time, we fall apart. And so I'm telling people when they look at my life and they see certain things today, you're looking at something that was decades in the making. I didn't just get here. I didn't just wake up one day and all of a sudden I was there. This is years of process and development and time 
that has helped shape me into the person that I am today. And if you want to build something that will last, notice I didn't just say build something. To build something that will last, you've got to be willing to cooperate with time. Time is a very powerful metric in your maturation, your growth, your development, and your success. Process requires a price to be paid. Most people want the benefits of growth, but they are not willing to buy in for growth to happen in their lives. I want you to get that. Most people want the benefits of growth, but they are not willing to buy in to the process for growth to happen in their lives. And why is that? The reason is we want change without a cost, evolution without experience, and promotion without a price. Let me say that again. We want change without a cost, evolution without experience, and promotion with no price. I mean, that sounds good in theory. It looks good, uh, but that's just not a reality. That is a matter of fact, it is a violation of universal laws and principles, and it makes you illegal and unlawful in leadership. You have not gone through the proper channels of growth and development, so you don't qualify to be in certain rooms, at certain tables, or in certain spheres of influence. You have to be willing to cooperate with time. We must understand that all growth uh, comes at a price. And I feel like that's so important for us to get, that you don't just grow, you have to pay a price for growth. Uh, You have to pay a price to develop. I mean, even uh, parents, when they are expecting a newborn and they begin to prepare for the arrival of their child, there's a price. Their life is not the same anymore. Everything changes for 18 years plus. Everything revolves around that child. And you have to see your destiny as a baby. Uh, everything has to begin to revolve around your destiny. Everything in my life revolves around my destiny, from the thoughts I think to the words I speak, I read, to the programs I watch, to the podcasts I listen to, to the relationships I have, to the places I go, to the things I do. Everything in my life revolves around my destiny. And when you really understand that, You won't just be so quick to welcome in anything into your life, but I'm not going to stay there. The price of growth um, is worth so much more than the pleasure of gratification. Let me say that again. The price of growth is worth so much more than the pleasure of gratification. Why do most people never grow? Most people never grow because they like gratification. Write that down. Most people never grow because they like gratification. You know, a lot of people will have conversations with me and they say it's amazing. Um, You just seem to be very focused and driven and disciplined in in your life and in your goals and what you want to do, and I am. And I begin to tell people some of the sacrifices and the costs that have come with that, with me being who I am today. And I notice I begin to get these weird looks and bewildered expressions because a lot of people are not going to make those type of sacrifices to be successful. They're going to do just enough to get by, but they're going to continue to gratify those things that keep them in cycles of mediocrity. Gratification makes us feel good, but it does not fortify our lives. Write that down. 
gratification makes us feel good, but it doesn't fortify our lives. So I watch people, and they're, they're like, 2023 is going to be the greatest year of my life. Well, here we are at February the 18th. And most people have already abandoned their goals, given up on their resolutions. They're hanging out with their friends the weekend. They're binge-watching Netflix, which nothing is wrong with that. But you can't do that every week and think you're going to be successful. And so uh, we get to December 31st of this year, and they get their hair down, and they're making their new cliché for 2024 and how it's going to be their year. And it becomes a cycle because what we don't understand is that it's more to it than being inspired and saying some positive affirmation. This is work. And a lot of people, they want to gratify their own selfish nature and desires. And, I mean, you can keep gratifying, but you have to also understand that this is not going to fortify or strengthen your life. It's just going to keep you in that same cycle going nowhere. Gratification makes in our lives. The only benefit of gratification is instant pleasure. Let me say that again. The only benefit of gratification is instant pleasure. So you feel good temporarily, you hung out, you binge watch the shows, you did all this stuff. You feel gratified for a little bit. You get that instant pleasure. But over time, it weighs on you because you realize that you're not really doing the things that you want to do. You're not taking the actions that you need to be taking. You're not creating the reality that you want to live. And so we lie to ourselves, and we know that our lives could be better, but we're not willing to buy in and do the things necessary for our lives to become better. On the other hand, the consequences of gratification are temporal satisfaction at the expense of long-term change. Write that down. The consequences of gratification are temporal satisfaction at the expense of long-term change. So, yes, I'm satisfied temporarily, but in the long run, I'm not experiencing the change, the breakthrough, the results that I want to see in my life, and this is just going to create more cycles of frustration and failure for you. So you have to make a decision uh, that you're not just going to do what brings you temporary satisfaction. You're going to put in the work to produce the long-term change and results you want to see in your life. Gratification appeals to our emotions and our impulses. In other words, it provides us with a sense of relief, but it does not produce results in our lives. And so the law of buy-in says that it is impossible to benefit from what I am unwilling to buy into. Write that down. The law of buy-in says it is impossible to benefit from what I am unwilling to buy into. Buy-in requires us to move beyond simply observing options and requires us to make a decision. I hope you get that. Buy-in requires us to move beyond simply observing options and requires us to make a decision. Um, Anybody knows me, I, I like shopping. So let's say I go into one of my favorite stores is Macy's, and I see Um, this particular coat um, from Ralph Lauren or some brand, and I'm deciding if I want to buy this piece. Well, it's great to keep looking at the options, but at the end of the day, I have to pull the trigger and 
purchase but um if if I really want that coat or maybe I just kind of desire that coat but I don't really want it and so what I'm trying to get you to do is move from just observing options and realize that you've got to make some decisions in your life. In other words, to buy in, you must uh, be sold on the desired outcome. Let me say that again. In order to buy in, you have to be sold on the desired outcome. And if you are sold on a desire but not the development, you will quit. Write that down. If you are sold on the desire but not the development, you will quit. And this is why most people give up and they never live the life of their dream because we're sold on a desire but we are not sold on the development that accompanies that. I cannot tell you the number of people that have gotten offended with me, mad with me, upset with me, and even angry with me because they began to tell me a dream, a vision, a desire in their heart. I began to tell them the developmental work and process that comes with that, and they began to say, well, you're just hating on my dream. Well, guess what? Here we are years later, and none of those people are living their dreams because they bought into the desire, but they don't want to do the work that it's going to take for that to become a reality. So guess what? It will always be a dream in your heart, but it will never be a reality in your life. In order to buy in, you must be able to properly evaluate the benefit of the outcome. What do you want most? I know in the early days for me, the goal at the time was just to keep the business open. And then the business began to move, and the goal was not just to keep the business open. The goal became to expand the business, to expand the brand and my reach and my presence. And then the outcome became great. I wanted to influence and impact more people's lives, and the outcome continues to grow. And so what I'm saying is that you get to be able to evaluate the benefit of the outcome. What do you want? If you really want to change the world, what cost are you willing to pay? What sacrifices, what investments are you willing to make to get to the outcome that you want? Every success story has a sacrifice. Write that down. Every success story has a sacrifice. There's no person that has succeeded at the highest level in anything that has not had to make sacrifices to get there. And so I don't want to sell you a lie. I want you to know that you're going to have to sacrifice, but it's worth it. And that since most people prioritize short-term gratification over long-term growth, they live in perpetual cycles of frustration and failure. How do you know that you've bought in? Number one, you know you've bought in when indecision is replaced with, in other words, when uncertainty is replaced by an unwavering desire to change the direction and destination of your life. Let me say that again. You know you have bought in when uncertainty is replaced by an unwavering desire to change the direction and destination of your life. When I made up my mind that I'm going to be impactful, I'm going to be influential, I'm going to use my life to serve humanity in a great way, it changed everything because it developed a desire that was unwavering in me um, because I wanted to change the direction and destination of my life. And so this is one of the ways you know you have bought in. And you will never change the course of your life without being convinced. Some of us are not convinced. We kind of believe, we kind of hope, we kind of desire, 
but you're not convinced yet because when you get convinced, whatever course of action you need to take, you will take it to produce the results that you want to see. When you are sure about what you want, you will stay the course until you reach the destination. That's why I say everybody is not really sold on what they want yet because you will stay the course and do whatever is necessary to reach your destination. Indecision reveals that you are interested but not invested. Write that down. Indecision reveals that you are interested but not invested. You will always abandon what you are not invested in. So when people keep walking away from things, it lets me know you're not invested. I've invested my life into this message and this work of empowering people around the world to realize their greatest potential. I've invested my life in developing leaders uh, so that they can be agents of change and solve the problems of the world. I've invested my life into creating books and resources and tools to help people live a greater life. When you're invested in something, you can't just walk away from it. Uh, there's too much on the line. You also know that you have bought in when the desire for change becomes greater than the desire for convenience. Convenience is the currency of failure. Write that down. Convenience is the currency of failure. Convenience not only cripples your potential, but it sanctions mediocrity at the expense of maturation. Write that down. Convenience not only cripples your potential, but it sanctions mediocrity at the expense of maturation. Convenience makes us comfortable and complacent, but it does not produce change. Convenience is the currency of failure. What do you want for your life? Do you really want to change? Do you really want to grow? Do you really want to get to the next level? Well, let me tell you from personal experience, you are not going to get there with a lifestyle and a mentality of convenience. Convenience is a place where potential is aborted. Convenience is a place where destiny goes to die. It is a place where nothing grows and nothing flourishes in your life. And so if you are waiting for everything to be convenient and comfortable for you, you're not going to be successful. Convenience uh, always seeks the easy way and not the excellent way. You know, when people come to me with things, um, I'm not interested in the easy way. What's the excellent way? What is the way that is going to best honor our potential and get the best results? And so convenience uh, provides short shortcuts, but it will never produce sustainable success in your life. How do you know your body in when you place a higher premium on your future than your past? Your past is great for research, but it is not a standard for revolution. Write that down. Your past is great for research, but it is not a standard for revolution. If you live um, in the past, you will always live below your potential, and you will always be giving your personal power away. And so you have to make a decision that you are going to let the past stay in the past. Uh, what you value, you will always gravitate towards, and what you dishonor, you will always distance yourself from. Many people distance themselves from success because they have dishonored success. How have they dishonored it? They've dishonored it with their mouths. They've dishonored it with their words. They've dishonored it with their attitudes and their psychological construct. They have dishonored it with their lack of commitment and consistency. And so you've got to begin to change your 
viewpoint about success if you really want to be successful. What's possible for your life um, must become larger to you than the memories of your past. What's possible for your life must become larger to you than the memories of your past. Your future must become so big in you that it erases the memories of your past. When people tell me, you know, where does this thinking come from that you have, I have made my future so big in me that it has erased the memories of my past. Your future becomes big in you um, when you begin to embrace who you have the power and potential to become. Your future becomes big in you when tomorrow expands and yesterday shrinks. Your future becomes big in you uh, when the hope of your future becomes more valuable than the horrible uh, events of your past. And your future becomes big in you when where you are going to becomes more important than where you've been. And so if you want to embrace life at the next level, you have got to be willing to let go of your past. When your scars no longer script the narrative of your life, you're ready to seize your future. And so now more than ever before, it's time for you to seize your future. It's time for you to embrace the life that you've been destined and created to live. It's time for you to become the best and greatest version of yourself. This series is going to be eye-opening. I barely introduced it, but I'm telling you, Stay tuned because growth, the journey to a better you, is going to change your life in a profound way. I'm just excited. I didn't even get to half unpack that to the level that I wanted to, but I hope you've gotten some value out of it. I thank you for the opportunity to serve you, to do life with you. Listen to this a few times because I gave you a lot in this time today. Thank you for uh, spending time with me. I hope you'll stay tuned. This series is going to be going for a while. I know it's going to help you in a tremendous way. I'll see you again soon.